It's episode 539 of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. On today's show, I am finishing out my top 30 Rangers prospects. That's right. We're talking about the good ones. We're talking about Josh Young. We're talking about Jack Leiter and why I have those two ranked differently than most places do. Coming up on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On to the Texas Rangers podcast. I am your host, Bryce Paddock, here today with one of my favorite shows of the year, the series that is coming to an end, the top 30 prospect rankings but first thank you guys so much for making locked on rangers your very first listen of the day if you're not already go ahead and follow me on twitter at bryce paddock follow the show at locked on rangers and subscribe on youtube this weekend we finally hit 500 subscribers so thank you to all 500 you of you or however many of you there actually are making multiple counts and following it not not me i definitely didn't do anything like that to boost my own numbers but thank you all sincerely so much for watching on YouTube. Also, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, I have unleashed the first 25 of my top 30 prospects, the bottom 25. So today we're getting into the top five. We got three pitchers, we got two position players, and a whole lot of fun coming up on this episode. Let's get into it. Number five, we have, starting with the pitcher, of course. This guy broke out this year in a big, big way. It was his first full minor league season, actually pretty much his first minor league action anywhere. Um, had a really, really great uh, regular season and also a incredible fall star level fall season. That's right. At number five, we have Owen White, the 22-year-old right-handed pitcher, bats and throws right-handed, listed at 6'3", 199 pounds. Last year was not in my top 20. MLB Pipeline had him at 27, which is is way low because they didn't upgrade that. Uh, It hasn't been updated since, I believe, mid-season-ish. The last thing that they really did on there was, um, you know, put the guys in the Joey Gallo trade and obviously the draft, but they haven't updated it much since then. If if it when it does get updated eventually, I'm not exactly sure when they're going to update that with the strike in MLB.com and nobody on the 40 man being able to um, be talked about on MLB websites. It it might be a little tricky of when they can actually get that updated. But he's at 27 there. That's the lowest he is. Uh, Baseball America has him at seven. Baseball Perspectives had him at six. The Athletic in their midseason rankings had him at 36. Um, which again that was before the false star stuff. Also Keith Law just came out with his top. 20 Rangers prospects, and I didn't love a lot of his things. I liked what Jimmy Newberg was doing better, so I'm going to keep using those rankings for this episode because they just came out, I believe, this weekend, and so I, I couldn't use them for the other ones. So I might as well stick to the same ranking so I have the same kind of barometer there. But didn't make anybody's top 100, but he got here in the 2018 draft, second round pick, 55 overall. Signed overslot for a $1.5 million signing bonus. That's enough to get him to not go to college. That would be enough to get me to not go to college. It would actually take even less money to get me to not go to college. Anyway, he started the season at the uh, low A down east level in 15 games. I combined the stats. I had to do actual math for this episode. I hope you all actually appreciate this. But this is including his fall star 
level Arizona Fall League performance as well. 15 games, 63 and two-thirds innings, a 255 ERA, 85 strikeouts, 25 walks, and just three home runs. His MLB ETA, I put it at about 2024. Maybe midseason, maybe early season. I don't know. This guy has a, a long injury history, so it's it's kind of tough to peg him down. And I'm not exactly sure where the Rangers are going to put him to start next season. They might be a little aggressive. But he is, I believe he's one of the victims of uh, the D-load program. He had Tommy John surgery and a broken hand to start his career. So he was drafted in 2018. But this is the first time he saw any minor league action whatsoever because of those two injuries. I mean, the, the hand breaking is, is kind of fluky and you're not really concerned. The Tommy John, when you don't pitch for a full year and then try and come back, it, it's not good for you. I understand why the Rangers kind of did it, but it did not work out well for him, but that was okay because he came back and did really, really well in down east. He struck out 40% of the batters that he faced, which was amazing at that level. And then he came in to the Fall Star, to the Fall League, Arizona Fall League, and just absolutely blew everyone away. In six starts, he threw 28 in a third inning, struck out 29, only had a 191 ERA, won the award for the best pitcher in the Arizona Fall League. Just a really, really fantastic fall league appearance that was about as good as you can ask for anyone to do in the fall league and again the concerns with him are the sample size like what is he really going to do um how healthy is he going to be those injury issues are like a a major concern i mean tommy john at 18 like it, it just it just has to be a big concern for you now what he's done since then has been excellent um and it took him three years but he uh sits 93 to 95 he's touched 96 he's got an above average command and he misses quite a bit of bats in the zone he's got a slider as well which is probably his his best pitch it's a true uh, baseball perspective called it a true put away offering and uh they said it had hard too late play too plain break um and he's also got a 12 to 6 curveball and a changeup, both of which are lagging behind the other pitches, but they both profile to be at least fringe average. So if he can keep all four of those pitches, if he can work the curveball into a plus pitch, I think his slider will eventually be a, a plus pitch at the big league level. Same with his fastball, hopefully. But if he can round those out and put one of those, those two less used pitches, the changeup or the curveball as a plus pitch, we can make those a little bit better then I think that's the big next step in seeing if he's going to stick as a starter or if he's going to move into the bullpen. But I project him as a kind of role 55-ish, solid number three starter, maybe a number four that I would have it a little bit higher because he's, he's shown in spurts that he's got some real, real nasty stuff. But the injury history is a little bit scary. But what he did when he was pitching was just absolutely dominate. So that's why I have him so high up on this list. Really loved what I saw out of him this year. Great year for him and a great year for the Rangers, seeing him finally get on the field. But he was definitely hungry for more. You know what I do when I get hungry? That's right, I grab myself a Built Bar. That's right, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You know, it's it's February, it's the time of year. Pretty much everybody's given up on their New Year's resolutions. I know I'm still trying to eat healthier, and so that's why I, you know, Go and, and eat built bars. It's a great way to, you know, kind of replace things in your diet that are maybe less healthy and taste good. This is something that tastes good and is also healthy. So 
you know, it's it's basically like working out, except you don't have to actually go and do anything. You just reach for a built bar and, you know, eat them and they're delicious and they're low calorie, high protein. You know, you can replace your candy bars with them. They're just you're, yeah, they're just so good. Most of them contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They are absolutely fantastic. They've got a bazillion different flavors. Literally, it's it's a bazillion. So if you like any kind of chocolate, they're all covered in 100% chocolate. I mean, who doesn't like chocolate? It's Valentine's Day, so you might as well get you some chocolate in your life. So go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built. This episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto parts store to start to stock all the parts that you need. You know, why would you go through all these intimidating and, and pointless questions just for that guy or girl behind the counter to go and get the things from their their store that only their warehouse happens to carry? You know, you don't need that. You got your own computer at home and in your pocket with access to rockauto.com. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why do you spend it for 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Why are you going there? You can go to rockauto.com. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. That's right. Their their prices are reliably low for every single customer. They've got everything you need, so go explore. They're easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Now, next on this list, we have a guy who was acquired in a trade, a middle infiller. At number four, we have Ezekiel Durant, the 22-year-old second baseman slash shortstop slash uh, also played a little bit of third base. He bats and throws right-handed, listed at 5'11", 185 pounds last year. Not on my rankings. Obviously, he was not here. MLB has him at seven on their rankings. Baseball America has him at four exactly where I have him. Baseball Prospectus has him at 5 and 99 in their top 101. The Athletic had him all the way at 6. He got here in the Joey Gallo trade, and the Yankees acquired him by signing him for $10,000 out of the Dominican Republic. A real steal for them. But he's played at the high A level and also played at the Arizona Fall League. Another guy who really upped his profile with the Rangers with a solid fall star level season in 2021. He played in 100, this is combining what he did with the Yankees in their high A team and the Rangers in their high A team, which is actually the same league. Didn't do quite as well with the Rangers, but did very well with the Yankees and did incredibly well in the fall league. So in 124 games, that's 549 plate appearances. He put up a slash line of 268, 341, 504 with 22 home runs, 10 triples, 29 doubles, 44, 45 walks, and 139 strikeouts. Also stole 19 bases. I put him in his major league ETA probably early 2023. He's probably going to be in double A this year. I'm curious to see what the Rangers do with him. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty darn sure he's going to start. He's got to start the season in double A, but he's played mostly shortstop and or mostly second base, a little bit of shortstop and a, a little bit of third base as well this season. He really tore it up with the Yankees and their high A East team with Rangers. It didn't go quite as well. And he was playing primarily shortstop in down East. But when he was playing in the fall league, he was playing more third base. So maybe his offense suffered a little bit because he was playing shortstop a position. He hasn't played 
all that much, but he came over to the States in 2018, his first stateside season. Um, his first minor league season at all was in the Dominican Summer League with the Yankees at age 18 in 2017. Had an OPS of 1170 in 65 plate appearances, so pretty limited sample size. Didn't do super great in the, the rookie league as a 19-year-old in 2018, but kind of brought his profile back up in 2019. And then this year, absolutely tore the cover off the ball in Hudson Valley, had a 907 OPS in 67 games, just under 300 plate appearances with the Yankees this year. And then with the Rangers, had an OPS under 700 in that same league in 38 games, 174 plate appearances. But in the 19 games, 78 plate appearances that he played in the fall league, had a 944 OPS. Really solid stuff from him there and absolutely loved what I saw was named an all-star in that league, a fall star, like I said, but uh, a really great team. Uh, my projection on him, I'd say probably a roll 60. I think he's a, a decent starter on a competing team. He's got a whole lot of power to all fields. He's he's had some struggles with some quality breaking balls. I think that's something that he can fix. He has been fairly disciplined in getting walks. Not quite as high a walk rate as I would love to see, but makes some solid hard contact. Got legit power to all fields. I'm curious what they do with him positionally because he's got kind of an average arm, but has shown that he's got the range to play shortstop. Um, the arm is, I think, a little a little below what I would want for a full-time shortstop or a full-time third baseman. But I'm curious if they try him in the outfield because obviously they have a positional log jam or if they look to trade him to upgrade elsewhere on the team. Now, I think he could probably play center field, but he hasn't played in the outfield at all. Just not at all. He's got the speed to cover in center field. They might start him in left field just to get him used to playing the outfield because I, I think he might end up a, a more realistic, a more pessimistic view of him is a really, really great utility guy who can play a whole bunch of different positions and play them all pretty well. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that the Rangers probably need to start trying him in the outfield during the minor league season this year. I think he starts at double A. I think he could make his major league debut by the end of the season if things go really, really well. But I don't anticipate the Rangers really pushing him because, again, they're probably not going to compete that much during this season. And, you know, his primary spots are literally the two highest paid players on the entire team who are locked up for at least the next eight, if not 10 years. So finding him a new position or using his high trade value to go upgrade somewhere else is probably the move for him there. Now let's go to number three on this list, a guy who I actually got to see in person this year. And I absolutely loved what I was seeing from him. That's right. At number three, we have Cole Wynn, a 22 year old right-handed pitcher had the best system, best season of anybody in the Rangers system that was a pitcher listed at 6290 pounds bats and throws right-handed not that you need to know where he's batting since there's probably not going to be any more pitchers hitting in major league baseball by the time he gets to the major leagues now last year i had him at number six in my rankings mlb has him at three baseball america has him at three 61 in their top 100 baseball prospectus has him at four i don't love that i mean he He's pretty much locked in there at three everywhere else. They really love Justin Foscue over at BP, though. He's 91 in their top 101. The Athletic had him at three in their midseason rankings last year. So how did he get here? 2018 draft, first round pick, 15th overall. 
finish the season at AAA, spent most of the season at AA, but did finish off the season with a few starts at the AAA level that didn't go quite as well as his Frisco season. But again, it'd be hard to match that because he had an incredible season at Frisco. But in 21 combined games between, uh, let's see, 19 of those were at Frisco, two of those were at Round Rock. He had 86 innings pitched, a 2.41 ERA, 107 strikeouts, 31 walks, 7 home runs, a whip of 0.86, and a batting average against of 146. This guy was just straight up unhittable at the AA level. He was striking out a whole bunch of people. He is one of the few survivors of unscathed survivors, I should say, of the D-load program. Owen White was also subjected to that nonsense, and he was picked in the second round, the same draft that Cole Wynn was picked in the first round. Now, he had literally as good of a minor league season as you could hope for. This is only his second minor league season at all. He pitched in 18 games for Hickory as a 19-year-old, and one of the concerns that I had there, because he was a guy who was very projectable, a very consistent strike thrower, but the deload thing, I think, screwed him up a little bit in his ability to find the zone in his first full minor league season in 2019 because he walked quite a few, like a worrying about 5.1 walks per nine innings and only struck out 8.5. This year, he struck out 11.2 batters per nine innings and walked just 3.2. Those are numbers that you absolutely love to see. Very low home run total, 0.7 home runs per nine um, in 2019 at Hickory and also this year in Frisco, exactly that. Um, He was... 3.7 years younger than the average player in Frisco because he was 21 this season. And he was 6.4 years younger than the average player in Round Rock. Now, in Round Rock, it wasn't as great, but again, very, very limited sample size. Two starts, eight innings, a 3.38 ERA, but did strike out 10, but walked five and allowed one home run. But again, he's probably going to start there next season, this season, whatever season is upcoming. And I think that's the right move for him. Of the guys who are in the Rangers system, I, I think he has the highest floor of any pitcher in this system. Yes, that is including Jack Leiter. Because Jack Leiter has not thrown a single inning in the minor leagues, that'll probably change once he throws like two innings in the minor leagues. But I think Cole Wynn makes his major league debut sometime towards the back half of this year. He's going to spend quite a bit of time in double A. But again, I think he, he really has a higher ceiling and floor than... Most of the guys are going to trot out in the back of the rotation that the Rangers have right now. I mean, he might be right up there with Dane Dunning for the highest floor of pitchers in the Rangers system. I mean, obviously, John Gray is the one who has the highest floor. He's going to be the ace of this team, barring a signing of some big free agent whenever free agency finally starts again or a trade of some nature. But this guy is consistent as it gets. The two things that I wanted to see from him this year, he absolutely did. He significantly lowered his walk total, and I wanted to see what his number three and four pitches look like a little bit more. Obviously, the fastball is solid. The curveball was the the beauty pitch, the the one that that everyone loved when he was coming out of the draft. But he's also got a slider and a changeup, and those made significant progress this year. I think those could both be. I think they, the changeup could probably be average to a little bit above average. I think the slider could also be a plus pitch and the fastball definitely plays as plus. The curveball is obviously plus maybe a 65 um, as opposed to just a 60. I don't, I, I don't think he loves it as much. I think he lost a little bit of the feel for it with that year off of pitching, which again, 
Rangers prospects and just losing their feel a little bit. Not not as much the level that Alex Chichi Gonzalez lost his feel for his slider, but I think he lost it a little bit, and that was a mistake making him not do it. I understand why the Rangers did it, but again, I'm still going to criticize him for it because it did yield some pretty bad results. But this kid was as high floor as you can get coming out of high school. He's proved that. He is absolutely raced through the system, a 21-year-old already knocking on the door of the big leagues. He is uh, now 22. He just turned 22 in November. And yeah, this guy is going to be a solid part of the Rangers rotation for many, many years to come. And I absolutely love from my, what I saw from this year. And I can't wait to see when he makes his major league debut. I, I totally understand if they want to be cautious with them and keep him in AAA for even most of the season, because that leap between AAA and the big leagues is absolutely ginormous. And no matter how well you do in AAA, like there's always going to be a huge, huge jump there. And I think it's almost bigger now than it ever has been. But this guy is about as safe a bet as it gets with pitching prospects. I've been burned by pitching prospects before, but I don't think Cole Wynn is going to do that to me. I hope he's not going to do that to me because he is a solid pitcher and the Rangers should feel very, very good about getting what they have gotten from him and feel really good about his future as well. You know, they're betting big on his future. But if you want to bet on sports, there's only one place you should go to. It's bet online. Football season might be over, but basketball is in full swing, both pro and college hoops. And all the latest odds, total player performances, props, you know, where to find where the next the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. That's right. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to Olympic coverage and information as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now at number two, I can feel you guys just waiting to pounce on me, but don't worry. I have a good explanation for what I'm about to do. At number two, we have Jack Leiter. That's right. I am probably the only person who is ranking Jack Leiter at number two in this system because, you know, if you want to call out my Texas Tech bias, you always already know who is going to be number one. But Jack Leiter, this should take nothing away from him. Like the second he steps foot on a minor league mound, he's probably going to skyrocket to number one in my ranking. Skyrocket all the way up one place. But he's 21 years old. He turns 22 on April 21st, born in 2000. Oh, jeez, that makes me feel old. But he's a right-handed pitcher who also bats right-handed, whatever. Listed at 6'1", 205. Baseball Prospectus, I believe, had him listed at 6' foot even and 185. But I'm going with MLB's official listing or MLB.com's listing because that's the one that I've been going with for everybody else. So I'm just going to stick with that. Last year, obviously not ranked, was not in the system. MLB has them at one. Baseball America has them at number one. 25 in their top 100. Baseball Prospectus has them at number one. 20, number 20 in their top 101 rankings. The Athletic also had him at 20 in their midseason rankings last year by Jamie Newbert. How'd he get here? Obviously, in case you're new here, he was the Rangers' number two overall pick in the draft this past season signed for a ginormous bonus. His 
level. He has not pitched at any minor league level. His 2021 stats, these are at Vanderbilt, where he was just incredibly impressive. By far the best pitcher in college. By far the best pitcher in this draft. 18 games started, 110 innings pitched, a 213 ERA, 179 strikeouts, 45 walks, 14 home runs, uh, a whip of 3.7 walks per nine innings and 14.6 strikeouts per nine innings. His MLB ETA, according to me, is uh, 2023. Like the back half of 2023, I think he could really zip through this system so fast. He's got the highest ceiling of probably any player in this minor league system, including the guy who's going to be at number one. He probably has the highest floor of anybody outside of the top three. But again, he also hasn't pitched at all in the minor leagues. He did take the fall off, and he has only pitched he pitched collegiately for one full season and then part of another season because, you know, the pandemic happened. But, gosh, his starts were just so impressive at Vanderbilt. His arsenal is ridiculous. His fastball is right up there with anybody as the best in the system. Sits in the mid-90s, has touched 98, and has got a whole, whole bunch of life on it. I saw an umpire cam video. Maybe you've seen that video going around of what it looks like to stand in the batter's, batter's box against the Jack Leiter fastball. It is not pleasant. It is not at all pleasant. And that guy has it. Whatever it is, he has it. He's got... Four pitches in his arsenal. The curveball is just the the sexiest curveball I've ever seen. It is just for a person who's in the Rangers. I have seen a Clayton Kershaw curveball and some other curveballs that are sexier. But for a guy who the Rangers have drafted, it is just absolutely beautiful. Profiles as a double-plus pitch in the future. Same with his fastball. The slider, which he didn't use all that much in college because he didn't have to. He literally could basically just go curveball, fastball, and he was so much better than everybody else that he didn't have to mix in. He barely threw his changeup at all. That could end up being a plus offering. Is probably going to be at least average. The slider, which was so nasty that he barely even had to use it. Some scouts think that could be even better than his curveball, which just, my God. A guy with three double-plus pitches is a guy who profiles it. Could be a number two starter. Could be an ace has that potential more likely a number two starter a guy who reminds a lot of people of walker bueller absolutely love to see that comp a guy who has gotten cy young votes in several years finished top five i believe the last few years um really really nasty stuff another guy out of vanderbilt who i believe he trained with during the fall when he was taking time off to go do school because he threw 110 innings and he was 21 years old when he did that so you don't want to the Rangers didn't want to throw him into the fall league or anything. They wanted to just rest his arm because he had a pretty heavy workload at Vanderbilt, but he did extremely well in that time there. Now, why do I have a number two compared to the other guys? Again, he is a pitcher, and they are inherently not to be trusted as much as we love them, as much as they could be amazing. They could be this, that, and the other. He hasn't had any injury history, which is great. You love to see that clean bill of health. The only... The only real nitpicks with him is, you know, he's only 6'1". God, if I could be only 6'1", that would be amazing. But he's not the, you know, projectable 6'5", big mountain of a man that the aces usually profile to be. I mean, sometimes there are 
a like moderately tall kings, not short kings, not even average height kings, just like moderately tall kings, and that is what Jack Leiter profiles to be. You'd like to see his changeup be used a little bit more, like to actually get some some views on it. Um, but again, there's really not that much nitpick there. He he did walk a few more people than I I I loved. Three point seven walks per nine innings wasn't great. 14 home runs was like, I think 0.7 home runs per nine innings and 1.1 home runs per nine innings, which fine. Like if those are your biggest nitpicks for a guy who at the time I will complain, I, I did not like the pick at the time and I will justify it by saying that it's because he's a pitcher. If there was one pitcher, the Rangers wanted to draft, I wanted it to be Jack Leiter, and it was. And more than anything, I wanted the Rangers to just zero in on their guy. You got the number two overall pick. Like, go do whatever it takes to get him. Don't try and be cute. Don't, you know, mess with the bonus pool. Don't be like, oh, maybe we'll get this guy, and we can also use the slot money we saved. No. Go get your star at number two. You don't pick number two in a draft that often. They hadn't done it, I believe, since the 90s was the last time they drafted that high. So, again... They wanted their guy. They zeroed in on him, and they got him. His floor is is basically he's a you can't screw this guy up unless uh, you know his arm falls off or something. Which he's a pitching prospect, so it's entirely possible. But again, this guy is tantalizingly good. I cannot wait to get my first eyes on him in person. I don't know where he starts the 2022 season. I have no idea. He could start in double a and it wouldn't surprise me i think that would be a little aggressive i think they probably start him in down east and i think he dominates there and they push him up to double a pretty quickly but i i bet he ends the season like by the end of the season he's probably going to be in double a the rangers are going to have to feel him out and and see where he is and then he'll probably start next season in triple a they could get a little bit aggressive and try and push him faster i don't think they should just to make sure that they can get some Jack Leiter years while we still have peak Marcus Simeon and peak Corey Seager as well. I think they've got a couple years on that. I think mid-2023 is is an aggressive, pretty aggressive for a guy who just got drafted last year. And I, I feel like it's very likely that he is the first one in his draft class to make the major league, make his major league debut. Again, projection, probably roll 70, a number two starter, a really stinking good baseball thrower for a long long time for the texas rangers now at number one that's right we have josh young rangers third baseman just turned 24 this weekend happy belated birthday by two days to josh young my present to you is your number one in my rankings for the second straight year he is a third baseman bats and throws right-handed listed at 6'2, 214 pounds last year um, he was at number one in my rankings. MLB has him at number two. Baseball America has him at number two and 26 in their top 100. Baseball Prospectus has him at number two, 31 in their top 100. And The Athletic had him at number two. But I have him at number one. How'd he get here? 2019 draft, first round pick, eighth overall level. He finished the season at the AAA level. He spent time at AA and AAA, where in 78 games combined, he had 342 plate appearances, put up a slash line of 326, 398, 592. 19 home runs, one triple, 22 doubles, 31 walks, 276 strikeouts. Also stole two bases. His MLB ETA right frickin' now. As soon as there's Major League Baseball, I think this guy has been ready. I was a little surprised they didn't give him a cup of coffee at the end of last season, but 
you know, everything was so terrible. It would have been really nice to see him make his major league debut when he was having such a great season. But, you know, it's fine. That's okay. A foot injury is the only thing that went wrong with him last season. It's the only reason that he isn't a big leaguer already. He broke his foot at the beginning of the season, missed, uh, I believe, six or eight weeks was the initial projection. That's basically what he ended up missing. So he only played in 78 games this year, but still put up an absolutely phenomenal season, did everything you could want from him, and then some. The guy absolutely crushed it. The only concerns about him coming in was obviously his defense isn't amazing. Like, it's fine. It should be continue to be fine and the Rangers were concerned that he didn't hit for enough power at Texas Tech which I don't know what they were so concerned about he hit 12 home runs in his sophomore year and he hit 15 home runs in 2019 as a 21 year old in his final year of college which is pretty solid for a guy who is in college a lot of not a whole lot of power from guys in college he also had 23 doubles as well slugged 636 in his final year at Tech but there was some concern that you know he wouldn't be willing to. He was almost too complete of a hitter, a little too choosy. He had an on base uh, over 400 every season except for his first season at Tech. He only had a 395 uh, on base percentage. He had a 491 and a 474 in his final two seasons at Tech on base percentage wise, and slugged over 600 in both of his final two seasons while batting. 340 or better. The guy absolutely crushed it. His little brother is maybe going to be the Rangers' first pick in the next draft, who is also an infielder from Texas Tech. He doesn't profile as an elite defensive third baseman, but I absolutely love this guy. He is the definition of the it factor, the want it factor, the I love baseball, and so I'm going to work my butt off to be to live sleep and breathe baseball while I don't necessarily think that it's great for the average person to be nonstop obsessed singularly focused on their job for professional athletes it pretty much has to be that if you want to be great and he has absolutely had that from the day he stepped on the campus I have seen this guy I saw him for two years at Texas Tech I saw him when he was a true freshman and I thought at 18 I'm like this guy has got this is going to be a big leaguer obviously I didn't project him to be like a multi-time all-star at that point but now I think I am I put him at a roll a roll 70 on him that means he is going to be a multi-time all-star in my opinion he reminds me of Hank Blaylock now you say that name and everyone thinks oh god really he's gonna wash up and be completely injury-ridden no no no. I mean the Hank Blaylock that was an all-star at age 22 and 23 had a 29 home run season, a 32 home run season, an OPS of 872 and 855. Um, just really solid work, about a 350 on base percentage, crushed the baseball, played pretty decent defense, okay defense at third base, and crushed baseballs. That's what he's going to do. He's going to be a professional hitter. He's going to hit for average. He's going to get on base at a high clip. He's not going to strike out a whole bunch and he's going to mash baseballs. That's what this guy does. He's got raw power. He showed it. He had even better numbers at AAA than he did at AA and granted a, a slightly smaller sample size, 156 plate appearances at AAA. This season he slashed 348, 436, 652, nine home runs in just 35 games and 14 doubles. He had more doubles in eight fewer games yeah eight fewer games at round rock than he did at double a man this guy is so stinking good and he is so close to the big leagues that is why i have him over jack Leiter 
in my rankings. I think he's going to be a big leaguer this year. Obviously, he's going to have to compete with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa for the third base job, but I really think that he can beat him out right now. He is 24 years old. His offensive upside is significantly higher than IKF, who is one of the best defensive third basemen in the league. He won the gold glove probably could have won the platinum glove when he was playing primarily third base in 2020. But again, IKF, as much as I love him, the offensive upside is nowhere near where Josh Young's is. IKF's offensive ceiling is well below Josh Young's offensive floor. So I'm projecting him to be pretty good this year. I think he's going to start the season at the big league level whenever that starts. He only... The only reason he might start at the minor league level is because the minor league season might start before the major league season. I'm hoping that's not the case, but this guy is incredible and well-deserving of the number one spot in my rankings. If you want to call it Texas Tech bias, um, wreck him. Oh, I'm not Nick Van Eight. I'm I'm not Nick Engstead, but I am still Bryce Patrick. But if you want to call it Texas Tech bias, you can call it that. I just call it he is that much closer to the big leagues. I, I considered Cole Wynn going over him for the exact same reason. But Wynn didn't have that much time in AAA, so Jack Leiter's incredibly tantalizing ceiling put him over there. But that's why I went on a limb and put Josh Young as the number one prospect in this Rangers ranking system. If you have some concerns, you can leave your comments on YouTube. Go subscribe to Locked On Rangers on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can find the show at Locked On Rangers. Let me know what you think of these rankings. I mean, I'll do a overall look at this system and where it compares to last year it's probably sometime this week hopefully with grant if not then who knows but there are some interesting trade rumors some mlb lockout discussions to get to on wednesday's episode so we'll be back then with another episode of locked on rangers but that's gonna do it for this edition until next time don't forget to enjoy baseball